Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Come on, man. Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 121 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. We've got a good show for everybody today. Uh, we'll go ahead and start the show off the same way we do every week, and that's by jumping into the breakdown. Breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. We've got a short breakdown today. we got a couple good interviews coming up, though. I think that's uh, what I'm most excited about in this episode. I think the only thing I wanted to talk about in the breakdown today is that the HSBC LA7s returns on March 5th and 6th. USA Rugby announced this week. Participating teams include USA, England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, France, Spain, Canada, Argentina, Kenya, Japan, Australia, Fiji, Samoa, New Zealand, and South Africa. Matches will take place at Dignity Health Sports Park in Los Angeles, of course, Tickets go on sale on Friday, December 10th. By the time you're listening to this podcast, tickets should be on sale and can be purchased at la7srugby.com. That's exciting. You know, took a year off for COVID uh, in early 2021, so it's exciting that it's coming back in 2022. Always good to watch some sevens, some of the best sevens in the world uh, right over in L.A. So I'm kicking around the idea of going to that one. Of course, we'll talk more about that as it gets a little bit closer. That's all I've really got for the breakdown this week. Nothing else has really happened, um, I guess, worth worth mentioning. I guess the big thing, MLR news, Sam Windsor, MLR's all-time leading scorer and friend of the program, signed with Rugby United New York after departing the Houston Sabercats. That was kind of a big deal. I think that was announced on Thursday. So it's kind of like the big thing I wanted to touch on, I guess, in MLR news in terms of American Raptors. Uh, pretty quiet. I don't think any other signings have been announced. Like I said, should be a couple more coming. But teams, uh, you know, roll that stuff out at their own pace. So when it's announced, we will talk about it, of course. But until then, I guess we'll just wait and see. So that does it for the breakdown. We'll move into all the rugby you can watch this weekend. We've got the National Collegiate Rugby. We've got Men's National 15th Day 1 on Friday at 11 a.m. Forgot to mute my computer. Weekly occurrence. Uh, Men's National 15th Day 2 on Saturday at 11 a.m. Men's National 15th Day 3 on Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, and you can catch all three days of that competition on the rugbynetwork.com. Got the Heineken Champions Cup starting up this weekend. We've got Saints versus Racing 92 on Friday at 1 p.m. Cardiff Blues versus Toulouse on Saturday at 6 a.m. We've got Leinster versus Bath Rugby on Saturday at 8.15 a.m. Bordeaux Bay, Bay Beagles, I don't know. I always get tripped up on that, versus Leicester Tigers on Saturday at 8.15 a.m. ASM Claremont versus Ulster on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Bristol Bears versus Scarlet on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Exeter Chiefs versus Montpellier. That one tripped me up too, I'm sorry. On Saturday at 1 p.m. Canock versus State Francois on Sunday at 6 a.m. Trips me up on that one too. I'm sorry, I'm getting blown up with text messages right now. Ospreys versus Sharks on Sunday at 6 a.m. Wasps versus Munster on Sunday at 8.15 a.m. La Rochelle versus Glasgow Warriors on Sunday at 8.15 a.m. Olympique versus Harlequins on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Uh, you can catch all those matches on Peacock. 
And then for the Challenge Cup, got Newcastle Falcons versus Worcester Warriors on Friday at 1 p.m. Uh, Lyon versus Gloucester on Friday at 2 p.m. Zebra versus Biarritz Olympique on Saturday at 7 a.m. Saracens versus Edinburgh on Saturday at 8.15 a.m. USAP versus Dragons on Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Uh, section Palois versus London Irish on Saturday at 2 p.m. You can catch all of those matches on epcrugby.tv. I think that you have the option on this website to pay per match. So, for instance, if you wanted to watch Newcastle versus Worcester, you can pay $5 for that match. I think that's a good idea. I'm a fan of that model. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, and then feel free, if I botched all these, let me know. I, I usually do, and, and I need somebody to put me in line, tell me what I'm saying wrong. So feel free to hit me up and tell me that I am bad at saying names. Uh, we've got the Allianz Premier 15s continuing this weekend. We've got Exeter Chiefs women versus Gloucester Hartbury Women's RFC on Saturday at 6.30 a.m. We've got Labra Lightning versus Sale Sharks women on Saturday at 6 a.m. Worcester Warriors women versus Bristol Bears women on Saturday at 6 a.m. Wasps FC Ladies versus DMP Durham Sharks on Saturday at 6.30 a.m. Saracens Women versus Harlequins Women on Sunday at 8 a.m. You can catch all these matches on Premier15s.com. Then last but certainly not least, we have some test rugby. We have Mexico versus the Cayman Islands on Saturday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time on the RugbyNetwork.com. I am going to tune into that one. That sounds interesting to me. And that does it for all the rugby you could watch this weekend. Hopefully I didn't miss anything. And I already know that I said some names wrong. Like I said, feel free to let me know uh, what I said wrong. Go ahead and jump in the interview portion of the show. I guess we got two interviews, but the next one will come into required reading. So uh, this interview with American Raptor Sam Phillips is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouth guard revolution with American-made mouth guards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. Had a great chat with American Raptor and one of the newest members of the Dallas Jackals, Sam Phillips. Uh, just awesome. Like you could just tell listening to him talk as the interview went on. He's just so excited to be back in Texas and getting this opportunity to play with the Dallas Jackals. Uh, and I think it's awesome because this program, right, this crossover American Raptor program is designed for athletes and people like Sam. Played tight end at Southwestern Oklahoma State University before transferring to Louisiana College. Uh, very talented athlete, had a workout with the New Orleans Saints. If you're interested in hearing more about his background, Go listen to the podcast I did with Sam back in May. Uh, I'll link it in the description and, of course, in the article that houses this podcast. But like I said, he is the type of athlete and the person that this you know program is designed to attract and turn out. So I'm very happy that he gets this opportunity to go down to Dallas and play for the Jackals after only playing rugby for a year. Um, and he's very excited about it, too. So won't ramble on too much more about it. So with that introduction, let's go ahead and kick it to my conversation with American Raptor and one of the newest members of the Dallas Jackals, Sam Phillips. All right, now we welcome back onto the show for the second time, recurring guest, American Raptor, and one of the newest members of the Dallas Jackals, Sam Phillips. Sam, how's it going, man? Hey, man, it's good. Back in Texas. Happy to be here, ready to get some work in Dallas. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, and that's going to be my first question. Just like, well, what, what have you been up to, man? How's everything going? You going good? Uh, yeah, it's going good. <clears throat> you know, I was supposed to go on the Uruguay trip with, you know, with the boys. Uh, I ended up coming back about bye week and um, <clears throat> talked to my parents and, you know, found out my mom. She got diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I decided to come back up to, to Denver and everything and uh, go through practice. And that first day I came back, it was just too hard being away from home. Um, so it's it's good being back, uh, you know, around the family and being back in Texas, being there for her. Um, you know, and on top of that, being able to you know go to Dallas and play and be two hours away from home, uh, it's kind of it all worked out in the long run. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's that's tough. And wishing wishing everybody the best of luck as you go ahead and deal with all that. That's that's tough to do. But like I said, like like you just said, that's good to hear. You're back ho- you're back closer to home now, um, which I'm sh- I'm sure makes things a little bit easier. Right, you know, it's it's a lot easier, you know, to jump on a, you know, to drive two hours and to jump on a flight, you know, for two hours, had to go through TSA and get right. back. Right, so, you got delays you know, and all this stuff. Yeah, that seems to be a little bit more reliable, right? That's good. I'm glad that that's the case with you, at least now. Right. But, yeah, man, so, like, right now, I'm just uh, rehabbing, getting my body right, 
um, bulking back up because you know you lose a little bit of weight during you know during season training with all the cardio and For sure. all that. Um, but it's kind of getting myself mentally prepared to, uh, to report to Dallas on the twenty eighth. Nice man. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, how does fall season go for you, like to, in terms of all the playing and stuff? Uh, the fall was good. It was really solid. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I like I focused on in the fall was just continuing to to build off what I, you know, was working on in the spring. You know, continuing to get better, get better with my skills, technique, and just be more comfortable with the game and get more quality film. And I feel like that's definitely what I did. Uh, that was the goal, and I feel like I really accomplished that. Yeah, I was going to ask, that was one of the questions I had, is how much progress have you seen, you know, yourself make? I think, when did you start, I think I saw you around, when, when did you first come to Denver, back in like early January, like right at the beginning of the new year? Yeah, it was it was towards the end, so I was kind of behind the eight ball whenever I came in at the beginning of the spring. Uh-huh. Um, and it was kind of tough playing catch up all spring, but being able to come in the fall, um, you know, be, be at that starting spot with everybody else, and then just kind of being patient and just, you know, doing all the little things right. Um, and then getting getting the game minutes helps too. And just you know, being you know, getting used to the flow and everything. I think it's definitely helped me develop and be ready for this MLR opportunity in Dallas. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine you feel a lot more comfortable just with you know the game in general too, right? You've played a little bit now. It's the best way to learn is just play. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, congrats on, on signing with Dallas. That's exciting stuff. Um, when did you kind of know? Like, are you allowed to, to talk about the ins and outs of this stuff? I don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah, that's cool. No, we can talk about it. Um, so, kind of going into the fall season, um, I had Seattle and then Houston. They had been talking to my agent out of New Zealand, you know, kind of through the, through the beginning of the fall and all that. And, um, I knew that they were interested, but they never really pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um and in the back of my head, I knew Dallas was going to be, you know, this inaugural season, expansion year, first year. Um, and I, that was really the offers that, that I wanted. Yeah. Uh, but it just kind of never really happened. Um, but then I got to kind of go back to, you know, kind of being a God thing. man. Like, um, you know, I heard about my mom with the cancer thing and all that. I ended up, you know, the coaches told me to, you know, go back home and be with her. And literally, as soon as I turned in my extra physical with Zach, our trainer, I get a phone call from Matt, my agent out of New Zealand. He was like, hey, um, the GM from Dallas just reached out to me about you. I'm going to give her your phone number, and then you'll have a, you'll, you'll have a conversation. And I uh, ended up having a conversation with her when, as soon as I got back into uh, Texas because I ended up driving back that day. And um, it's kind of cool, man, kind of surreal, um, because literally as I was walking into the hospital to see my mom whenever I got back, um, she was getting her second biopsy done, and I literally got to walk into the hospital and tell her, "Hey, mom, like, I just got an offer from Dallas." Wow. You know, so it's just it's you know it's it's all about timing, man. But like you know something like that, dude, it's a, it's a god thing. You can't really can't really make that up. It's just it's crazy how stuff like that happens. Right. You know, it works out how it's supposed to. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's it's it just always seems that's that's how it goes, right? Everything works out the way it's supposed to. That's, I mean, that's awesome. What you know. All things considered, I'm just, that's sure not that's how, that's not how you would want to tell your mom, but like to be able to do that's awesome stuff, man. That's yeah, man. Kind of lightens up the mood a little bit. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Know? Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So um, I know you, you've talked about being excited just to be back in Texas. I know just to be close to your family during this this tough time. But how excited are you just to be back? You know, just in general. I know reading the release that Dallas put out, some of your quotes like Texas is you know football heart of America, right? So to be able to you know, pursue the, pursue this new sport and, and just kind of put it on the map in Dallas has got to be pretty exciting too, right? Oh, yeah, you know, with, without a doubt. I mean, just, just being back for a month and just being able to, like, talk to people, you know, and let people know what's going on. And everybody's pretty surprised that Dallas has a professional rugby team. And then, and then on top of that, whenever I get to explain, hey, you know, we're playing in the old Rangers ballpark, you know, it's, it's legit, you know. And then on top of that, you know, with, with the TV deal that they made, uh, this past, you know, this past season, you know, playing on CBS and Fox Sports, like being in a national television spotlight. I mean, you can't. I mean, if, if you're somebody from the outside looking in, you can't help but you know, kind of put some respect on that, you know. Right. Be and, excited. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, even though I'm here in Texas, I mean, yeah, football's king and all that. Um, but what's cool is like everybody that I've talked to. I mean, they've gotten tickets. They're excited to come watch, and um, they're excited to, just to see rugby in, in, in person for the first time uh, because. I feel like, you know, I've, I've told a couple people, you know, in the past, I've given them tickets to come to games and all that. They really hadn't had that rugby background. Mm-hmm. And literally everybody has fallen in love with it. I mean, they really enjoy it. I mean, it's hard not to enjoy it. For sure. 
And you get a, you don't have to have your face all covered up by a face mask, football helmet anymore either, right? You get to be on national TV with the hair flown and everything now. Hey man, got the blonde hair in the cornrows, looking cute, man. You know how, you know how I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Added benefit there, I like it. That's the next but, question. Uh, yeah, man. I, oh, go for it. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, but just you know, just be able to to you know be close to my hometown uh, and just kind of help grow the game of rugby um, in Texas, where it's not, it's really not that big. But I, you know, the more I've been talking to people, it's been actually kind of surprising um, because there's a lot more people around here that kind of do know rugby. I mm-hmm. guess because you know Dallas is so multicultural, yeah, and they have a lot of different backgrounds and people moving in from different places, various places like that. Um, I think that, you know, if, even though it is the inaugural season in Dallas, I think that we're going to have a pretty good, strong fan base out there as well. Yeah, I know. So just a couple of, you know, good men's club. You got the Reds and all that down there. So uh, I'm excited for it, man. I think I was looking forward to watching Dallas last year, you know, before they decided to withdraw from the competition for that first season. So I'm excited <laughs> to see how it all's going now. Uh, and I guess the next question I was going to ask is just like, look back to when you think back to last year, right? Uh, do you ever imagine you'd be in this position? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Um, and it's kind of funny because, um, you know, in, in all honesty, man, like, uh, I mean, so in, in the fall, you know, with, with the Raptors, you know, I'm, I didn't get some of the playing time that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the fact that I just – I kept showing up to work. I kept busting my butt, doing the little things right, you know, putting all, putting all the effort out there. And it kind of translated into the last couple matches, like, you know, against Austin and Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, slice in the fall. I mean, I I got in the game. You know, I made I had quality minutes, and you know, it, it, and I made the opportunity of me playing whenever I was out there. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like there there were times where uh, you know things weren't going my way uh, as far as playing time, and you know, I, I definitely had considered you know maybe you know not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back at you know those moments and everything, like I'm really glad that I chose to keep grinding and sticking it out, and uh, that ultimately led to the you know the MLR contract offer, man. And I just uh, just I can't say how glad I am, you know, with myself that I you not know, stuck it through and didn't quit. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lessons all over that right there, right? Like you control, you can control, and you just keep you just keep grinding no matter what. Yeah, I mean, and like we, we talked before, man. So you, you kind of know my yeah, story. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it was like it, it sounds like just kind of how you've you know you've gone through this life so far, honestly. Yeah, and it's just like, man, as long as I keep working, hopefully another door will open. You know, if not, then I know that I, you know, I've done everything I could and the chips are going to fall where they're going to fall. But uh, in this case, this time, it worked out for me in the long run. So right. I'm very thankful for that. Well, I'm rooting for you, man. That's awesome, dude. Uh, let's see. I got a couple more, Sam, before I let you go here. Um, let's see where I'm at here. Yeah, well, was, yeah the next thing I was going to ask is how nice is it to go to a team where you already know a couple of guys, right? You got – you got Tommy out there. You got Campbell there too. So that's gonna be kind of nice. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like whenever I heard that uh, that Tommy was coming, I heard about Tommy before, um, uh, so I was really excited because Tommy's just a great guy. Yeah, you know, a great guy to have around. He's a, he's a great team guy. Always with a positive attitude. He's gonna show up to work every day uh, with a smile on his face. And then um, I heard about Soups. Heard about Campbell. Um, I was kind of surprised because at the time, uh, it kind of towards the beginning of the fall, uh, I reached out to Soups because Houston. Uh, was interested in, you know, in signing me and all that, when yeah. they were talking to me or whatever. And I think that he was going to go to Houston. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so that one definitely surprised me whenever I saw that he was coming to Dallas. Um, but I think, didn't didn't Campbell sign with Dallas Yeah, Cam- Campbell was supposed to go to Dallas last year and then just kind of when um, that fell through. I know all those, like, old Raptors guys got put into a second, like, expansion draft where they got dispersed. And it sounds like he just kind of – you know, fell through the cracks and he has been playing, you know, back with the club for a while. But so I'm excited to see him get to, you know, go back to Dallas and actually do it right this year. Oh, man, me too. I mean, Campbell, Campbell's a really, you know, he's a, he's a playmaker. He's an explosive, explosive player. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is, like, you know, looking at him, you might not think so, but that dude is an animal on the pitch, man. Like, does yeah. it all. He's very smart, too. So, he, he knows what's going on. Uh, oh yeah, and then on, on top of that, you know, having you know having a guy like Stoops down. I mean, he, Stoops has Stoops has a rugby background, so he's been playing for a long time, and then he knows how I am and my style of play and all that. Um, he'll be another good guy to listen to uh, whenever I get down there. I mean, and, and on top of that as well as um, you know all the guys that they signed you know overseas. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like literally over half of our guys on the on the squad are are international guys. So, right. Um, just having those older guys that are from overseas, being able to learn from them and 
uh, kind of get their perspective of, of everything and, you know, kind of learn from their game and all that. I'm really looking forward to that, too. Yeah, that's going to be awesome learning opportunity. Just get, you know, get in there and see more rugby and see how, you know, somebody else does a little differently. It's just going to make you better overall. That's going to be awesome, man. Uh, I know you mentioned right. Tommy with the, with his smile on his face. I've never seen him without one. He's always smiling, man. All the time, man. All the time. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, it's, it's good energy. You know, yeah. there's somebody with, with the whole. So the, one of the big things with the Jackals organization is, you know, it's if for one, I mean, they want to make sure everybody's happy. Mental health is really important, uh, but they really want to have like a, a really good family type of atmosphere in Dallas and kind of build off that and start that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, me, that's, you know, how I am, man, that's, that's definitely good news for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and on yeah. top of that, I mean, just all the support we have and all the backing, you know, I didn't, we, we were on a zoom, you know, zoom call the other day with, uh, with the whole team and all that for the first time. And dude, like two of the three of our owners apparently have ties like with the Mavericks and the Rangers like yeah. high up. So I've heard that with like yeah. Cuban and stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure you saw a Cuban post on Twitter about the USA rugby. Kind of, I think oh, that was yeah. during the spring or big, fall. Big and time so, rugby guy. Played at Indiana. Yeah, man. So just knowing, you know, that we got Cuban support, we got those guys support. I, I'm really excited to see, you know, what we're going to do. You know, all the community outreach we're going to get to do all that with them. And, um, it's, dude, that's just, I, I can't really say how happy I, or how excited I am about, you know, ending up there, man. It's just, <laughs> come true bro i know i could tell it's coming through man it's coming through the call I was, that's my next question is just like what are you most excited about if you had to pick one thing can you even pick one thing man i don't know dude not i would say it's, it's a handful of stuff i mean one i mean i'm legit you know my, my parents had I mean, we used to go to a bunch of the rangers games as a kid growing up and just being able to like kind of realize that dude like i'm gonna get to go to work there every day you know mm-hmm. yeah um, it's just kind of like a real it all comes full circle you know for sure that's awesome, man. Sam, what's the what's the rest of the off season look like for you? I I know you you mentioned your report date. What day was that? Uh, we got to get down there uh, December twenty eighth, and I want to say we start up uh, preseason camp on January fourth. Nice. Um, so for the time being, right now I'm just back in back in Longview bartending, making nice. some cash, and uh, you know staying in shape, you know with the lifting and awesome program that they have for us, and um, just trying to get my mental right and get my body right. I had a couple bang a couple. Body got banged up a little bit, trying to, uh, you know, get healthy and, you know, get ready to go so I can be 100%. Very nice, man. And then I guess the last thing is, like, have you got to go check out the facility and stuff yet? Like, have you been in and out? Have you been meeting people? Or is that kind of – you'll knock all that out here in a couple of weeks? So, uh, I'm actually going to go down there uh, in, like, a week or so. Um, so, Texas High School, they have their um, – they have all their state championship games like mm-hmm. on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it's all in AT&T Stadium, right. Gary's World, you know, the Cowboys play. Yep. Um, and so yep. I've reached out to Elaine, our uh, GM and everything, and I, I, we, I think we have a date set up in uh, like a week for me to come down there, check out, check everything out, look, look at the facilities, meet the front office. Uh, the coach, so uh, Michael Hodge, I think he's still in Australia, yeah. and uh, a couple yeah. of other coaches are still overseas, so I won't be able to get to meet them, but uh, I'll get to meet the front office, see the facilities, and kind of get a feel to where – I'm going to be going to work every day. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I've seen, you know, I've just seen the pictures and stuff as they've been, you know, getting all this ready to go for the last year and some change. So it looks cool. Uh, I want to, I'm going to be a Dallas Jackals fan, I think. I think I've said that on this podcast before. I'm going to root for you. So I'll, I'm going to make it down there. I'm going to catch you a catch a match, Sam. So I'm going to hit you up when I make it down there this year. Oh, man, please do. You know, I'm going to definitely bless you with some merch and all that, too, once <laughs> I get down there. Well, I appreciate it, man. I need it. I need some kit, man. I love it. So. That's all the questions I have for you, Sam. I usually leave this last part open. If you just want to, you know, shout anything out, you want to push socials or anything, feel free. Yeah, man. I uh, just want to say, you know, thank you to the whole uh, American Raptors organization, uh, Peter Pass, Martin Bullock, uh, all you guys up there. I mean, just really thank you for the opportunity to come up there and uh, just give me a shot because, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, uh, I wouldn't be in this position where I'm in right now. And uh, also, you know, shout out to my friends and family back in East Texas, 903. Um, really appreciate the support and all the love that you've given me throughout this journey, man. What's up? That's what it's all about, Sam. Thanks, thanks so much for your time, man. Yes, sir. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Sam Phillips. You know, I certainly did. Uh, really good guy. Love catching up with Sam. Just, just a nice dude overall. Wishing him the best, obviously, with his, with his family uh, situation. That's never fun. So we're all behind Sam. Um, but I'm glad he took the time to come chat with me, and I can't wait to watch him play rugby down in Dallas here in a couple of months. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the required reading portion of the show. 
Uh, and this one, this is, I'm sure you saw this floating around. I saw this a couple days ago, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, World Rugby to enter digital collectible space with new best-in-class NFT experiences for fans. I will link this article in the description and the article that houses this podcast like I do every week. But as I was sitting down to write the show, I talked a little bit about this in this upcoming interview. Um, you know, I get to the NFT part. I, I'm vaguely aware of what M NFTs are. I, I sort of know. I get the general idea. But as it comes, you know, time to sit and talk about this, I, I very quickly realized, like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to tell you guys what this means or if this is good for rugby or anything like that. So I started racking my brain. How can I make a good segment out of this? Uh, and I realized my, my friend Cameron, uh, one of my guys from college, he's got an extensive graphic design background. I know he's done a lot of sports graphic design. He's done a lot of graphic design just in a bunch of different capacities. And very, re I mean, so I guess very recently since, you know, the summer, I've seen he's been getting very into NFTs. Heard kind of just from around the, you know, the grapevine that uh, he would be the man to talk to. So I reached out to him, sent him the link, and he, he was all for it. So jumped on the phone with Cameron, and he gave a very in-depth, you know, uh, description and just like a very good take on what World Rugby's doing what it means, how they may go about doing it, what that means for fans, um, and just kind of just a really good crash course on NFTs and, and how NFTs can coexist with rugby. So I thought it was a really good conversation. Um, very thankful that I got Cameron on the phone. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with, with my guy Cameron Kinchin. All right, now we welcome a very special guest onto the show, uh, my guy Cameron Kinchin. He has a, a, you know, several years of experience in the, the sports graphic design world. He's, I guess, newly introduced to the NFT space, I guess you could say. Uh, wouldn't you say, Cameron, back in, in July, you've kind of been in the NFT space. Uh, so, Cameron, how's it going, man? Good, good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for coming on and talking to me about this. So the reason I have you on, Cameron, uh, the people that listen to the show regularly will know, we have a segment called Required Reading. So that's when I pick out an article that I find interesting that kind of came out throughout the week, and I assign it as homework. You got to read it. Um, just something, you know, something I think is like cool or, or touching or, you know, just kind of anything. And the one that caught my eye this week uh, was was this piece or this release that, that USA, or excuse me, World Rugby put out entitled World Rugby to Enter Digital Collectible Space with New Best-in-Class NFT Experiences for Fans. And so when I saw this, I, say, I think I saw this on Monday or Tuesday, I saw it pretty early on in the week, I immediately made a note of it, you know, and then my process every, every Thursday, I sit down, I start to write out the show, and I'm thinking, I'm like, how in the world am I going to talk about this NFT thing? Because I, you know, I, I feel like I have a little bit of a basic understanding of it, but I don't, I don't know, you know? It's still foreign to me, so I started racking my brain. Who do I know that knows about NFTs? And you're the first person that came to mind, so that's why I have you on the show. Uh, I sent you the article, and I wanted to get your opinion on a couple of things. Of course, yeah. So it sounds like my homework's already done. You know, <laughs> I read through it. You know, quick little read. So, uh, yeah. I and to kind of touch on what you were mentioning earlier, yeah, I've been in the the NFT space. I think since July, which you know, looking back, it doesn't seem like a lot, but apparently in the NFT world, that's like you know, years in the space, which I have seen a lot of, you know, changing and, you know, evolution of the space and, you know, it, it does move quick. So um, the fact that, you know, you saw this and read it Monday, you know, so much room for, you know, progression in this space has probably already happened within those last three days. So yeah, it's definitely uh, innovative and, you know, a whole new world that, you know, sports and, um, you know, players and fans can all interact with. So, yeah, I'd say if you got questions, uh, uh, shoot them away, and I'm, I'm happy to answer whatever you have today. I've got a few. So this is this was I was uh, my process, too, with this. I was, it was hard to come up with questions because I don't really know what I'm asking. So I guess the first one right off the top, we're going to just ask the, the most basic one. What is an NFT? So, yeah, an NFT or, you know, the full title is a non-fungible token. And that essentially is you know, uh, the roundabout way to put it is it's a kind of a one-of-one -one item that essentially you own code to, and that code can be, you know, associated with um, art. It can be associated with, you know, um, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in this space. So essentially it can be associated with anything as long as that code is written and associated to that asset. It is proof of ownership that, you know, you purchased it for, you know, X amount, and then it is held by you for a certain period of time. And until, you know, either that changes hands or, you know, is purchased or transferred. Um, so that's kind of the, 
the long okay. the, the long answer shortened um you know there, there's tons of different facets and avenues to go but it's essentially the the non-fungible part is there's no monetary value associated with it per se it's only what you know the buyer consumer seller all agree and what the market is and so that can kind of ebb and flow and that's kind of where you get um you know where crypto's hot these days and you know you see all these rises and falls and people saying you know they bought in at this time and it was the right time it, it's again it's it's all just kind of a consumer's market and it's what you know that micro chasm kind of makes of the space interesting so I guess like you you read the article right like you uh, I sent it over to you you said you looked through it so like and what how do you imagine what world rugby's trying to do like what is the nft going to be is is there a bunch of different ones like because uh, I've seen like in other things right it could be the way I I kind of it makes sense in my brain it's kind of like a trading card right mm-hmm. yeah so like you would you think world rugby's going to take this in a way where you buy like a a gif or something or like a video, yes, it's gonna be like yeah. a picture. Like how how if this was up to you, how how would you I guess go about create creating these NFTs for World Rugby? Yeah, so definitely um, the the thing that caught my mind is um, it was to capture kind of like moments in the space, um, you know, big plays stuff like that. Yeah. And I I've seen other NFTs do something similar. One that comes to mind is Top Shot. Um, Top Shot. I was going to ask you about of, this. You know. Yeah, so that it seems like World Rugby is kind of taking notes out of Top Shot, which I think is, you know, great. It's definitely, you know, each market has their own, you know, clientele, their own fan base and different people that will interact with their content for different reasons. And I think that's why the NFT space is so, you know, innovative right now is there's tons of different projects out there all trying to do, you know, different things. Some have overlap. It's just a, about, you know, kind of what owning that nft means to to you know you what you know a lot of the times i look at utility and what what comes along with that and that's definitely i think something that world rugby is touching on you know you know owning a moment or owning you know part of being a part of that i think is a big thing and how i see that is very much you know from a photographic standpoint you know it's it's a moment in time that's been captured and is now forever immortalized on the blockchain and depending on uh, what I've seen with Top Shot do is, you know, you have a limited time to claim this moment. And uh, if you miss that window, you're kind of, you know, SOL on that and you kind of just have to, you know, move on. And it, it's kind of a, a way that, you know, a lot of what I see in the sports world is, you know, all, most people are collectors. It, it's all right. about, you know, collecting jerseys, collecting memorabilia, uh, trading cards, so on. So I would, you know, say NFTs are that same thing just digitalized and you know on the blockchain and so i see a lot of moments like that that you know could happen so yes it could be you know trading cards of specific players it could be you know photos of moments that are either been signed by the athletes that are in there or you know just moments of history in general and i think that's kind of the most broad strokes to it um and then where i think it goes into a little bit more uh the unknown and i think uh what a lot of people are trying to do is essentially again you have utilizing the nft code or the blockchain to its you know entire benefit to you know the consumer and so how i see that too is if they start doing exclusive events um you know you have to buy in or you know be gifted or have ownership of said NFT to, you know, uh, attend exclusive events or be able to, you know, go to certain things like that. And um, a a project that I'm currently working on, we're called Tools of Rock, where we're trying to, you know, be innovative in the music scene of the NFT space. And we're focusing uh, a lot on kind of creating a, a concert venue or a music venue that, you know, you can go anywhere in the world, but still be able to experience uh, a live show in a metaverse. So we're creating that space. And what we want to do with, you know, the NFT portions of it is kind of almost make it like season tickets or tickets to a show, tickets to a game. And that's kind of almost where I see World Rugby maybe doing something similar to where, again, you purchase a ticket, there's no you know, worries of someone taking that ticket, like, uh, like, you know, a uh, seat geek or mm-hmm. ticket master. There's always those, those QR code scams and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff like that, that goes on where in the NFT space, I don't really see that happening as again, the code is linked back to you and everything is documented. So I definitely think in, you know, the live event space, that's kind of where we're seeing movement too. 
Um, so I, I definitely think World Rugby is kind of poised nicely to kind of hit and combat all these different angles, especially from a fan perspective, and really kind of give back to the fans and also give them kind of ownership in the sport itself and just you know pride to you know support rugby and be passionate about rugby and just again continue that conversation off you know the field off you know from when the game's not on and you know take it more into a real world application and you know as well as you know making it a, a tradable and consumable item that you know, right. who knows maybe at the end of the day you can profit off it as well and um you know again the, the nft space there's so many avenues to go and it's hard to <laughs> yeah. exactly say what's gonna happen and i'm sure you're you know the little bit of reading that you've done on it I and mean, it's definitely you kind of get lost real quick yeah. and also you know from today from you know two weeks from now the whole concept of what they have maybe planned out could change completely could change 10 times in that amount of time. Right. That's just how quickly the space moves. And it's just how, how are they going to activate uniquely in said space? So I think that's kind of the, again, long winded, yeah. but the roundabout way to kind of answer that. That is insane, man. That is an insane that there's like this many different directions you can take stuff and that people think of this, honestly, like this is blowing my mind. <laughs> just kind of talking to you about it. Right. And, and, it, and it's not going to stop either. I For mean, sure. I, I still think we're kind of at, you know, the precipice of this. And as more players get into this, you know, I think there's more opportunities for players to receive benefits of their own and, you know, mm -hmm. really, you know, benefit off contracts and, you know, not having to be, you know, have, I don't know, they're, again, a, a more opportunistic vantage point for players themselves to take ownership in you know their successes and stuff like that so i think that's right. that's kind of the thing that i'm liking in this space and you know i'm seeing a lot of like musical artists and you know stuff get into the space for that reason to kind of get away from like the record label sides of things and get away from you know all these club contracts and stuff like that where again you can have your own brand as a human as an athlete yeah. as a performer and make something of yourself of your name and so on and so forth yeah that you own and you're in control of and kind of mm -hmm. hard for anyone to screw you out of it that makes sense to me so i exactly. guess the next question i have for you cameron is like how hard is this stuff to make for so i like the way and then you can correct me if i'm wrong like does so top shot nba top shot does nba how like do do they have the rights to all that since they have rights to all the footage and all that stuff like how how hard is that stuff to make yeah, so from that perspective, I would assume, you know, you know, the NBA, obviously a well-known entity, they've got photographers, they own all these assets. So for them, I'd say it's pretty easy. They have the right. they have the money, they have the means, they have everything that they need to kind of have a project that is geared towards, you know, their success. Um, I would say, you know, World Rugby is probably poised in the same way. You yeah. know, they they have all this stuff. So I definitely see them you know, really being able to activate on this efficiently and effectively and really make a really good product out of it. Um, the everyday users, uh, I think that's where it comes to be a little bit more untangible in a sense, not not really, but for if you're going to be building like a project, it's I'd almost think of it almost as like a small company or stuff like that. If you really want to do it effectively, just because you do need, you know, you need developers, you need uh, discord moderators, you need discord uh, creators, you need graphic designers, you need uh, social media people. Like it, it really becomes. You're uh, building a like an entire different department of whatever your organization is, it sounds like. Correct. Yeah. And it, uh, you also have to think about so the people that end up buying your NFTs are almost like, you know, shareholders right. or stakeholders in your company. And they're buying into your product because they believe in it and they believe in you, what your team's doing. And they also believe that, you know, in turn, they might profit or benefit from it in some way, shape or form. Again, if that's from, you know, flipping these assets or if it is from gaining collectibles or experiences and, you know, whatever that trade looks like. But essentially it's, it's hard for just someone to get in the space. Um, I think it's a little different from, you know, my perspective, and uh, my community definitely runs deep with, you know, more of the artistic type and, right. you know, illustrators, creators, stuff like that. So um, there's means to like, you know, put your artwork out there and just kind of do one offs or what the, you know, NFT community calls one of ones. Um, that's pretty easy to do. Uh, uh, groups like uh, OpenSea, which I always say is like the eBay, okay. uh, the NFT space. That's kind yeah. of, you know, I, your marketplace. I've seen Vaughn Miller talking about that a lot. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Von Miller, like, uh, I know he's he's running some circles that, you know, I have. He, he had some tools of rock. I believe he still has some oh, tools nice. of rock. Um, I know cool. he's been doing some of his other stuff. And I would assume with him being, you know, a well-recognized athlete, it won't be long until, you know, he's coming out with his own NFT or, if, right. you know, he already has continued to leak more, you know, releases out and stuff like that. But it's definitely being, you know, OpenSea allows individuals to, you know, mint their own nfts but it really comes back to you know what's the collectible what's the utility like if there's usually what i see is a lot of projects or a lot of collections that are anywhere from three thousand to ten thousand you know quantities Mm -hmm. essentially and so that just helps build this kind of ecosystem that you'll get like-minded individuals who are trading there's also rarities within you know your different builds Everything slightly has the same look and feel, but different traits have different, right? you know, rarities, which make them more sought after. And, you know, again, that just goes back into the whole collectability of it right. all. That, so just, that sounds like you're describing Pokemon cards to me. Like, uh, dude, there's, a, there's like a Charizard, but, but this Charizard is holographic or something, and they only made 20 of these, whereas you could get this Charizard that's not holographic, and they made... 100 of these right like that sounds kind of what you're like you're describing okay it all it all goes back to pokemon cards and i mean that's that's kind of (laughs) exactly what the whole thing is i mean and i know probably your fans or you know your your listeners of your podcast are very familiar with you know trading uh any types of sport memorabilia cards i i didn't have much of that experience growing up but the the connection to you know pokemon cards that hits very close to home so it's Yeah. yeah it's it's you know potato potato it's all the same thing um you know, again, the the people who made these cards, they they knew what they were doing. They knew it could be profitable, and I would say NFTs are almost just the digital right. internet side of it. And you know, it just comes with the added benefit of having code and you know ownership to it. That again, uh, what everyone says is, oh, I can just right click and save your your image. Yeah, that's true, but you don't get to then you know say when you sell it or yeah. you know uh, be able to utilize again the the additional properties that come with it so um that, it, it's very much yeah that from the outsider's perspective it seems odd but kind of once you're in the space and you start you know really peeling back the layers to all these different projects there are tons and tons of benefits and it to me it's just not gonna stop right and that's that that, that sort of makes sense to me i guess like once i get I, I don't know i've been looking i feel like i've been looking at nba top shot for a while now so that does make sense, but but that thing, right? You say like you, of course, you could right-click any image and it's on your computer, but that's like taking a picture of the Mona Lisa, right? Like you don't own the Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. but you have a picture of the Mona Lisa, for, you know, for right. I guess sort of. Um, so I guess that kind of gets into my next question, Cameron. This has been really interesting, man. Thank you for jumping on. So I got a couple yeah. more before I let you go. Uh, so I guess in t- in terms like of that release, right? It said that World Rugby. Um, put out a request for information and they're looking for a prospective supplier. So do you know what that means? Like, are they looking for somebody to like help them do this? Is that what that means? Or what is a prospective supplier? Um, I think, yeah, that kind of comes with a, a multitude of things that we talked on either. Um, yes, they're looking for uh, either uh, a group who's already been in the yeah. NFT space, and that was going to be my next question. Is like, is there a big, is there like a big group like that that kind of is, you know, I, I don't even know what to equate it to. Like, is there a just like a, a big like kingpin sort of like a couple groups that have risen to the top as as like the NFT people? So the the ones that come to mind, um, you know, we we got you know the Board Ape Yacht Club, which I'm sure everyone's seen. Yeah, I've seen. And that's those. that's the kind of that's been the the forefront of what's going on in. Uh, a lot more athletes and musicians have been getting into the space and they're all buying apes and it's kind of a status symbol. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, you know, that group is who's building it. I think it, the, the collectors themselves, you know, value themselves at kind of like this upper echelon just because, you know, they, they kind of made history and right. they keep making history. And, you know, these people have profited off these pictures of, of monkeys essentially. And, <laughs> Uh, they've been trading monkey art and, yeah. you know, making their own projects and going on to build their own team. So they're very innovative in the space. I think there's a lot that goes back to board eight, but I wouldn't say that they're kind of, you know, this, this kingpin in the creative space, I'd say, you know, but we've also got a group called punks, which are similar, but they're like eight bit, you know, mm, yeah, I've seen those two people looking. They're also not very, you know, 
aesthetically pleasing in my mind it's kind of the the low end of the art spectrum so it's again i wouldn't collect it from the art base but there's definitely a utility behind it and it's now kind of become this like club that you have to pay x amount of money to get into and kind of once you're into it you you get all the benefits of it Mm -hmm. um so those are kind of like the innovators of the space but when it comes to the actual teams that's been kind of the interesting thing that i've learned over the last couple months, uh, you know, and my own position included. So to kind of give you some background, I was hit up, you know, on Twitter. Uh, some guy was looking for an artist. I tweeted back at him and said, I like to art. Uh, mm-hmm. Five minutes later, I was on a phone call. And the next thing, I, you know, I'm I'm now deep into uh, NFT project of my own. And so it's it's very much like it's just a, you know, a couple people all coming together. You know, we all have different skill sets and, you know, we kind of have built a team. And once you kind of have a team set and you kind of know what's going on, it is just all a matter of, you know, branching out and teaming up with other people. And, you know, if other people have ideas that they want to bring to it and, you know, they just need a certain, it's like Shark Tank. It's like, hey, we'll offer you X amount for, you know, this. And it's just a matter of if, if the team, you know, wants to, you know, run forward with, you know, graphics and, you know, discord stuff and social media, you know, again, what they're looking for. So if that is in fact, what, you know, right. world rugby is looking for is like a team who's, you know, developed and kind of knows what's there. Yes. Uh, the other ways, you know, you kind of build it yourself, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of hire, there, there's a bunch of people in the space that, you know, are almost like NFT gurus that, you know, they know the market, they see what's happening, there's trends and you can kind of hire them to kind of, you know, help facilitate those type of stuff. And that's been the weird part too with this market is there's so many jobs being created. I mean, no one's going to college to be a Discord moderator, right. yeah. but they're they're in demand right now and it's crazy. And it's just, you know, you're in the space and you're becoming fluent or with what's going on. And that's really all it takes. So it as we continue to see growth in the space, I think, you know, we'll start to see more groups that are, you know, like NFT startups, like, hey, we'll get your platform up and running. From there, you kind of take it away. And, you know, I think that's one facet of it. Or if they are just looking for designers, then that's that's kind of the the. So the easier end of it is finding an artist to work with. I think that's kind of where things start and then you kind of build out around that. Um, but to your point, and again, long answer, not short, <laughs> but essentially, I think, yeah, they're just kind of looking for, they have the idea. Now they just need to facilitate it because it doesn't sound like they're familiar in the space and they want to do their due diligence and do it right and, you know, activate correctly the first time around mm-hmm. and not squander this opportunity and not, you know, just throw it away uh, to just some people who are only going to half-ass it, you know, like, right. I think they're truly looking for a team to take this concept to the next level and really make it, again, uh, almost probably a competitor with Top Shot, uh, you know, right. similar ideas, but more geared towards the rugby world. That's interesting, man. That's so crazy. Like, the, just the more you talk about it, I'm just, like, blown away by it. So, oh, man, and it's, it, it's also so crazy, too, because, like, we're only hitting the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of uh, us NFT enthusiasts, you know, we we kind of get a bad rap for ourselves because it is kind of like we don't stop talking because it is, it, I don't know, it, it's it's such a new, innovative space, and there's so much to do in it. I don't know, it's like a kid in a candy shop. Like, right. you kind of just want to do it all and experience it all, but, you know, it's it's overwhelming at the same time. It's yeah. like, I don't know, you kind of have to take a step back, take it piece by piece, understand a little bit more, but it is such a fun space to talk about and, you know, bring new people in that, you know, probably have never, you know, this might be their first time sure. really hearing what an NFT is and stuff like that. Um, and I, and I do hope that, you know, some of your listeners are piqued by this and, you know, they start to go do their own market research and to see what what's out there. Cause I will say there, there's tons of sports related, um, you know, assets out there currently. It's just now right. a matter of, you know, what you're looking to buy into kind of what it's again, it's, it's, it's all, it's all, you know, stocks and trading at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like, what do you want to invest your time and money and effort into? And, you know, that's kind of, I guess, you know, the start of sure. it. And from there it kind of just snowballs. Right. So I guess my last question, Cameron, I have for you is, is kind of a difficult one in the sense, because what I wrote is like, is this early or late? Like, is World Rugby early or late? And I guess, you know, 
it would make sense, right, that they're they're late. They're the latest they could be because this is where we are at this point in time right now. So I guess the better question is, is like, where are they relative to some of the other, you know, sports, like governing bodies and competitions, right? Like we know NBA Top Shot exists, and then the NBA is kind of always on the front foot of everything, right? Whether it be letting people mm-hmm. use their, their highlights and stuff on social media, um, they're they're always just kind of ahead of everyone, but like, where is world rugby relative to other things, right? Like, do you know off the top of your head if like baseball NFTs are big? Is it soccer NFTs like are those big? Um, just kind of curious as what your you know your yeah. perspective is on that. Well, I mean that's a great question, and uh, it definitely I don't think there's a an easy way to answer that, and I think the best way too is I'm going to say it's a little of both. You know, they they are a little late to the game but they're also super incredibly early. Yeah. And that's the fun part about this space. Um, in the you know the grand scheme of things, they're early. I still think we're, a lot of people are early. Um, you know, I think with, you know, Facebook getting involved and, you know, it becoming, NFTs kind of becoming more of a well-known, you know, just common day word, uh, acronym, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Um, it, it's starting, you know, you're, you know, grandmas and grandpas are starting to understand what (laughs) nfts are and you know i think at that point it is becoming definitely very much mainstream which is good and i think you know um coinbase who is going to be a competitor with OpenSea, they're getting into the you know the space as well which is going to bring in millions of new eyeballs and so as we continue to just get more and more people into the space um it's only going to grow so you know getting in now i'd still say you're early and it's not a it's it's kind of like a pyramid scheme, but not really, but it still is, you know, <laughs> you're, you're in now and it, I know it's, it, and it's hard to like, it's like, oh, shoot, should yeah. I have said that? But it kind of, it kind of is. I mean, if you get in now, everyone in it who gets in after you will only continue to build further down the pyramid. That so that's sense. why you, you keep seeing. And, and that's why I think board eighth is, you know, so elevated in their position is because they were early into the space. They had all these assets that, you know, were bought for you know a decent amount of money but then as ethereum grew all their assets grew as well and it just become a more sought after you know asset so for them they were definitely early it's still early for them they're still developing so um that's what i always say it's i don't think we're too late into the game at all things are going to ebb and flow um you know as politicians still talk about how they're going to view, you know, these type of trades and assets and, you know, is it decentralized? Is it not? What government owns it? You know, again, as these conversations continue to grow, it's only going to get more people, you know, tuned into it and then also into the space. So for World Rugby on that counter side is, yeah, I think they are a little bit late to the game, you know, with NBA Top Shot doing kind of that same type of thing. Um, I know some NFL or NHL uh, players like uh, Matt Dub, uh, Dub, was it Dumda, Dubna? I'm not sure. That sounds good. Dumba, to me, though. Matt Dubna, yeah. <laughs> um, I, he's you know he's been getting into the space and being more of a philanthropist in you know certain things and you know doing more charitable donations and so he's got one called Etched or you know he's teamed up with a company called Etched. Um, I, I see a lot more of you know the football side of things coming in. There's there's a group called Pigskin Apes and I think there's a a couple other uh, groups in the the space that are doing somewhat similar, but they're essentially doing uh, you know, like fantasy football and they, you kind of mint, uh, an ape with a certain number on a certain team. And, um, depending on how they play, you kind of get kicked back with Ethereum or other things, um, just for, you know, owning that asset. And so there's so many different ways the sports world is tackling the NFT space head on that again, there's so many ways to do it and, you know, they're late, but they're also early because, you know, I think they're, position nicely that they can do their own type of you know rugby specific nft it's just a matter of what do they want to do yeah um and i think that's the question that they're now kicking back to everyone else with that call to action of you know inviting people to kind of bring those conversations to them because they do want it to be great and and i do you know praise them for not just kind of jumping in um it's it's risky to kind of you know put this out there that's saying hey we're getting in the space because you know, if they're not in it by next week, someone could have a rugby-based NFT. Yeah, could undercut them. That right? exactly. That is so, one thing I noticed um, in know, that in that release. Like, I clicked on some of the, I clicked on the hyperlink, right? So you could look at the mm-hmm. the request for information, and it was like, all this stuff is due by Christmas Eve. And I remember I was thinking to myself, like, man, that seems pretty quick. But just based off of everything you said, it kind of sounds like it has to be that way. 
Mm -hmm. and, and it very much is. It's which I, I would say that's that's definitely a quick turn turnaround. But at the same time, the space does move fast, and there will be someone who wants to activate in the space. Yeah. They will get it done in time, and you know I think everyone will see monetary gains from it. Wow. So I think that's you know that's that's the big draw that I think you know there's a lot. I mean it's it's the wild west. Yeah, you know anyone can come in and <laughs> you know be the next bad guy in town and kind of just take over or, you know, be the hero and, you know, start up your own type of thing. Like who knows? Again, it's, it's so uncharted that no one knows what they're doing, but people yeah. see other people doing the same type of things right. and they, they acknowledge that it's, that's working. I want to do that. And then they kind of, you know, refine and, you know, put something out there that's similar. So, and again, that's with, with world rugby's regard, they're, they're definitely echoing top shot. Yeah. Um, but again, if they can do it well and they can do it successfully and they can really get a community behind them, that's Doesn't a really su matter, right? successful yeah. project. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, it's really about, you know, the the fans or, you know, the people who are collecting said assets. If you've got a good group, you know, you're never going to fail. Yeah. And so I think that's that's one of the biggest takeaways, too, I've, I've seen in these spaces is the projects that do well are the ones that just have genuine humans behind it that are either, you know, passionate about what's going on, helpful, friendly. You know, they they they're not here to gatekeep. They're not here to just take people's money. It's it's literally about, you know, growing together yeah. and just, you know, interacting with this product. And, and at the end of the day, if you can get on a discord or you can get on social media and, you know, meet some new people just because you all have a similar shared love mm -hmm. of something it i think you know the world only grows and gets closer that way so That's and especially as we've had you know the last couple of years of being so excluded from each other right. i definitely think these type of digital spaces are becoming a more sought after experience especially again back to if you can offer a metaverse or you can offer some type of virtual place for all, all these people to meet up and you know be connected by just sitting behind your computer yeah i think you know that's that's kind of the next thing so maybe it is digital rugby games maybe it, it's you know who knows who knows what it is but that's the fun part right. you could sit back and literally write a thousand ideas down on a on a board and that you could, could probably happen. make an nft of each <laughs> and every one exactly interesting man so it's crazy that's that's the biggest takeaway it the space is crazy all right, Cameron, that's all the questions I have for you, man. I thought this was awesome. Oh, that's I, it? I, oh, yeah. you, let, you got, let me off easy. <laughs> well, I probably have a few <laughs> I more. I could talk but, for hours. Yeah, we, we could catch up uh, down the road, I guess. So, Cameron, thank you so much, man. I usually leave this last part open. If uh, Feel free to push socials or anything. If you want, push your store. Uh, if you, you got some NFTs we can buy however we can. Let us know right here. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm on social media pretty much everywhere is either at Cameron Kinchin or at Cameron Kinchin Design. Uh, it's for more of my art based stuff. I have an Etsy shop. I've got, you know, I do my own illustrations and stuff like that. Always trying to, you know, get my work out there. Um, and also uh, I've touched on it a couple times uh, throughout this, but uh, the NFT that, you know, I've pretty much created a lot of uh, the artwork and branding for is a group called Tools of Rock. We are a music-based uh, NFT that's focusing on building a metaverse concert venue and bringing in music to the metaverse for you know fans of all ages, you know genres, stuff like that. We started off with doing you know classic rock um, from the 60s and 70s. We're going to be going into the 80s and 90s, so we still have a lot of work to do. But if you're looking to get into the NFT space, I would highly suggest. Uh, checking us out. I think it kind of gives a, a good sense of um, what a project can do. Uh, right now, you know, we're we're kind of seeing some lower values. So it's a good chance to just kind of see what's out there. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, and I'm always open for questions. So if uh, any of your listeners have questions, uh, feel free to reach out to my socials. I'm always happy to chat. Doors always open. Um, usually it's hard for me to stop talking uh, in case you guys <laughs> haven't noticed. So please, please bombard me um, uh, and let's be friends. Cameron, you're the man. Thank you, brother. Of course, dude. Thanks for having me. This is great. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Cameron Kinchin. Big shout out to Cameron for coming on. Thank you so much, man. That was, uh, you know, he, he was kind of the perfect guy to talk to, uh, perfect guy to tell us what this all means. And I know I certainly learned a lot in that half hour conversation. I hope you did too. Uh, and I'm just glad he came through and educated us a little bit. So uh, thank you to Cameron.
kind of does it for required reading. So make sure you check that out. It's a little bit, you know, and that's probably the most in-depth required reading we're going to have ever, uh, first required reading interview I've ever done. Uh, but I thought it was very beneficial, very informational, and I really enjoyed it. So uh, I guess we'll go ahead and close the show out with the loop. I know I sound like a broken record, but I am working on a couple of cool projects I think people will really enjoy, be super interested in. Once I can get uh, one or two more interviews done, I've got in touch with the right people now. It's just a matter of getting it on the books and knocking out the interview. So hopefully in the next few weeks, going to try to get this stuff out before the end of the year. I know I've been talking about it since October, but I really am trying to do my best do my due diligence, check all my boxes, cover all my bases, make sure I get the best interviews I can that make the most sense uh, in a timely manner, of course. Uh, so keep up with that. The best way you can do that is by following along on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby. At Colton Strickler is my personal if you're interested. But that's where you'll be seeing all this stuff coming out. Keep up with everything we've got going on. Uh, see see some news, see some funny stuff. We've been trying to really bolster up the Twitter these last couple of days. It seems to be working. So big shout out to everybody that's been following along. Got a couple of new followers. Um, so I hope you check out the show and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's the show for the week. So thank you to everybody for listening. Hope you had a great day. Hope you had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the rugby this weekend. There's less than there usually is, but enjoy it all the same. And I will catch you all back here next week. Yeah.